everyone. Welcome to the Better People Podcast. I'm Margaret York, and in today's episode, we're talking with Saul Albrion, Chief People Officer from Giant Machines. So Saul, hopefully I did your last name justice there with that. Hi, everyone. Hi, Margaret. Yes, it was perfect. So thank you for having me. I'm I'm very excited. All right. Well, it was the best I could do. Um, Anyway, Saul, I would love for you to just share uh, a little bit of your background with our listeners. What is it that you think with your really vast background that you have that would be most helpful for our listeners to know about you? Of course, yes. So I've been in the HR industry for a very long time, but I have an unusual sort of journey. Um, I've been in the U.S. for 17 years. I work in many, many industries. Um, I'm a psychologist, so I start in pretty much the nonprofit organizations. And then I transitioned to corporate America. And then after corporate America, I've been in the tech industry for a while. Um, I have seen a lot of the different umbrellas in HR. I have a work in talent acquisition. I work on the employee relations. And then lately, um, I'm privileged to be in a wonderful company as a chief people officer. So I, I take a lot of pride of my job. I take a lot of pride to be a woman in leadership. Um, and I take a lot of pride to be a Latina woman in leadership. We're celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. So it's something also wonderful to mention this month as well. So tell us a little bit about giant machines, because what I thought initially is not the case. They do not or you do not sell large farm equipment. <laughs> but what do you do? No, we, we we are not. So the, the, the name can be a bit confusing. So we are a leading digital product agency based in New York City. So pretty much we create a lot of um, digital solutions for companies. We are consulting, we're in the consulting services. We work with big, big companies. We are really involved in the community in New York. Um, we have a lot of, we have a huge team, huge now, it started small and now we're over hundreds. Um, and we have a delivery team that is product managers and product uh, designers and engineers. So we make magic happens when it comes to technology and create like a really good solutions to improve businesses. I love that you make magic happen. That's cool. Yeah. So I, I know when we were speaking last, you had talked about um, one of the roles that you play um, as the chief people officer, and that being um, a human capital strategist and how that was something you were really proud of and really kind of focusing on right now. So what does that mean to you? And what does that look like at Giant Machines? Yes, for me, any company, the success of any company is the people and the humanity that the company brings. So in my role is is a constant decision-making about what we can do to just really uh, create an environment that people can succeed, can do the best work, can feel that they are represented, they're seen, they belong, and can do the best work. So a lot of the decisions happening behind the scenes on how we promote, how we hire, how we connect with our team internally, and that connection translates to how they show up in the world, in the world that they talk to our clients, in the way that they bring solutions and they bring problems to life, and we all come together to something that is different. Uh, being a strategist is always kind of questioning yourself, what can I do better? So from the moment that I talk to my managers and to the moment that I talk come with my CEO, it's like a how we use the people-centered approach that we have as a company to get make sure that everyone has a path for succeed in, in Giant Machines. And also after Giant Machines, we have a, a huge network of people who were part of Giant Machines and we're still in contact with them. So we want to create like a, this school of Giant Machines that really open opportunities above and beyond our organization. Wow. So I'm listening to you and I know you said people centered. I was thinking even actually like people first, 
right? Mm-hmm. Like people first decision-making and, and that type of thing. That's, that's so neat. So do you have an example of maybe something that you've done, right? In that, as a result of you being a, a human capital strategist, uh, as a result of you having a people-centered or people-first approach, is there an initiative that you put forward or a decision that was made that you could just share as an example? It comes on, I think, on every decisions that we make every day. So when we decide from where the benefits that we're going to offer to the organizations, like what people need, what people need to feel secure, to feel safe in order to do the best work. So I'm always on, on the whiteboard with my team, understanding what are the things that we need to meet them to make them feel whole. Um, the way that we implement, you know, a hybrid work policy, the work that we do volunteer work, then we have time for them to just extending family leave more than what other companies classically, you know, provide. All of those are people centered because I always tell them, I love you when you're at work, but I love you when you're outside of work. I want you to feel that space, that level of separation that you can have both spaces for you to honor your life. It is important. I don't want to have the discrepancy on who you are outside and who you are when you come to work. And that creates a lot of the decisions on what are the opportunities for growth, the conversations for promotion in order to honor that perspective. Um, Our team, without them, we don't have anything. Our CEO is very, very good at the executive team about what can we do better for them in order to just have this humanity that show up to the world that is not just running a business. Yeah. So, you know, listening to you speak, I know so many of our members feel the same way. Um, They want to have that people-centered approach, that people first with the decision-making, but often they have resistance with the other leaders within the organization right? Other priorities might seem to be more important or more of the focus. Um, It doesn't sound like you have that though at Giant Machines based on what you just said, right? sounds like your CEO is behind you in in your approach, believes the way you do. Is that correct? And and is that the same for the whole leadership team? That's beyond correct. So we, you know, the company started with 20 people and the leadership team was very small and it has been growing, um, but we don't have hierarchies. We wanted to just everyone to have access and to be next to each other. And any initiatives that we have created, it's usually a start from our, you know, our executive teams like, hey, what about this? How we can make this happen? Um, One of the things that I appreciate the most about Giant Machines, who has been my home for five five years, I never get a no. Even when I come with crazy ideas about what we can do differently, um, my CEO is like, let's talk about this. This sounds okay. This sounds cool. Let's go for it. I never feel like I've been shut down, but ideas sometimes are unconventional. And that creates a conversation that pushes the conversation to a different level. And I always believe you have really good people on the top that always translates everywhere in the organization. And my leadership team, the founders and the owners, as one of the most humane people that I've met, and I'm very proud of them because they have built a company that is pretty outstanding. And we all feel the same way, even though we're not perfect. I think there's a sense of belonging that we all have. Wow. What's your retention like there? A lot. <laughs> a lot. I so, um, like the turnover, the turnover last, last year, it was like a 4%. Um, people stay for a very, very, very long time, um, which we love. And that's the idea because we're very careful when we hire. We don't promise something that we cannot deliver. We appreciate that the other side have to make a life decision. Coming to a job, you're very responsible to just really create a sense of accountability. Um, and it's a two-way street. So our process to hiring is with the idea that they stay with us for a long time. And then we can create opportunities for them to just see a career within us. 
So our retention is really high and we have been been awarded as the best places to work in New York City for the last five years. And we take a lot of pride because those are awards that are given by our own employees uh, when they get surveys. It's not by us or for someone else. So they, they speak for themselves. Wow. So I saw on your website that you have your values listed and you have yeah. the values of empathy, um, curiosity, ownership, and flexibility. Were you there when those values were created? Were you part of that? We are. Well, I was part of that. It was recently we did a huge workshop in when we kind of changed the mission that is make tech that matters and also the values. So it was a, a long journey and we were very proud to come to those four values. So um, what does curiosity mean? Wanting more and just understanding others' perspective and also asking yourself, what else can be done? How well, how else can I show myself at work? Like, I think one of the main components of giant machines is how curious are people to go deep on problems, to go deep on solutions, to even get to know someone that sometimes is not in your own team is the curiosity of the others, the curiosity for what else is out there. Uh, and that creates a lot of good conversations. For sure. Um, and the other one I wanted to ask you about was flexibility, because I know that's like a big fun buzzword these days, right? Yeah, People yeah. want their flexibility. And, you know, it was, you could say one of maybe the good things that came with COVID, if you can put it that way, that, right, we learned how to work differently. We learned how to be able to work from home. Um, and, and it gave us a flexibility we didn't have before. Employees are still looking for that um, because they value it now. Um, what does flexibility mean at Giant Machines, and how does how does that play out for you? I, I it's one of my favorite values, and I speak a lot of that when uh, I onboard new new employees because I also meet them in person. Flexibility is able to just have some sort of dimensionality when you're working in the idea that things can change. We're in the service industry, and we need to be able to have the muscle to deal with uncertainty. We, as a company, try to provide a lot of consistency and be very clear in communication. But we also, as a consultant, we work with other companies. So sometimes we don't have the same control. So how we're flexible in the way that things can shift around and we're able to keep pushing. To me, flexibility is about being decided to rolling up your sleeves and do what needs to be done in the moment. Um, I think that's a lot of the cultures of startups. It's a lot of the cultures in technology. And I, I call it the hustle. I, I think there is a, a value on hustling. And I think we live in a city, New York City, that hustle is part of, of the daily life. So to me, all of those things are very um, connected to each other. And I always say people who have been the most successful in giant machines are people who live life with flexibility, who allow themselves and give themselves permission to just jump into something even when it's not expected. And yeah, so I, you don't have people there saying, oh, that's not in my job description. Never. <laughs> yeah. And we try to set that the tone very early on because it's part of the culture of the company. Of course, there's flexibility in the hybrid work and it's all the things that we're trying to just really meet the needs of the people when they need any extra support. But it's a flexibility of thought. It's how you show up to work. And it's doing that sort of like element of like, okay, this is something that we're going to be consistent, but things can be going a different way. And I know you're going to be able to deal with it. It's really that kind of very entrepreneurial mindset. Yes. Like you said, for a young company that's growing, you you need to, to be able, you need to think that way. So that's great. Um, so let's talk about something I know that you're really very proud of. And that is something you mentioned at the very beginning, and that it's National Hispanic Heritage Month. Yes. So 
Yeah. So, so tell us, what are you doing to celebrate that at Giant Machines? I am celebrating at Giant Machines, outside of Giant Machines. Um, it's such a it's such a proud moment. Um, I'm Latina. You can tell by my accent. I'm from Argentina, moved to the U.S. 17 years ago. Um, and I really am proud of that space. I'm proud of the space because it defines me, defines how I show up to the organization and how I have a lot of people looking after me on the journey. Um, I think it's a, an idea of like a create a sense of bridge between different communities. And for me, when you are able to see the other in a closeness, you understand that we're much more similar than we think we were different. So um, for, you know, in Giant Machines, we do have uh, two IERG groups. We have Black Giant Machines and Latinx Giant Machines. We're proud because we're small organizations. And sometimes those groups happens when you have thousands of employees. But for us, we are still having the soul that is creating uh, that path. And we're going out with our teams and we're doing, you know, eating the food and sharing the language and the music and the happiness and the loudness. Um, I have a tons of Tumblr Latinos in Giant Machines and I love when I jump into a meeting and they're all speaking Spanish and they're normalizing that within a work environment that sometimes you have to just be normative and continue to be like what is expected. Having the sense of safety that you can speak in Spanish without worrying how you're going to be perceived. Those are to me are celebrations that even though it's not a party, it's a celebration of like, we appreciate who you are and what you bring and how you show up to work. Um, I, for myself, I'm part of different Latino organizations. I'm a mentor. I'm part of Latino communities in New York City. Um, and it's just seeing someone like you, who you can relate and who you should share the same journey. There are not many Latina women in leadership. <clears throat> I'm in the C-suite. I'm the only woman in C-suite. And I'm also a Latina woman in the C-suite. And it's a space that I manage well, but I'm very conscious about it. It's like, okay, sometimes I pinch myself and I deal with a lot of imposter syndrome because I will never imagine where I come from and where I am right now that was possible. Um, so the idea that if I can pass that sort of curiosity and that sort of you know passion to someone else, my success, someone asked me, like, what is your success? To, to meet all the souls to have many souls, to have people who has a journey like me and get where I am and feel very proud of that moment. And I think in this month, we celebrate those, those opportunities that sometimes they're not very seen, but they exist. And the more that we bring them to life and our delight, the more that we can make it happen for someone else. So I love your vulnerability and what you just shared, right? About having an imposter syndrome, because I think so many leaders really do have that at some point, uh, but they're not always able to share it. So so thank you for being vulnerable and for sharing that with everybody listening today. Um, I wanted to ask you, because I know when we talked about it, you said you also felt, and, and the, I'm rephrasing, uh, but that it was really important to you to help not only have people that look like you see you in the role where you are now and see that it's possible, but to help them get there, to create opportunities for them to see themselves in those roles, but to also see the path to getting there. So yeah. talk to me a little bit about that. One of the things that crossed in my, my mind is that I, I run my team, at, you know, my decisions based on potential. So I think that is if you find people and you see the potential, how you create path, you know, for them. And, and those are, it's, it takes one opportunity. It takes one person to give you an opportunity for like a truly change someone's life. And it's something that we take it very, very seriously at Giant Machines. When I talk to higher managers, with interviewing team, with the stakeholders in talent acquisition, with my recruiter that she's amazing, I always like challenge the views 
Think of potential. Don't get so caught up on someone who comes from that school or from that years of experience. Because if I didn't have someone who saw my potential years ago, I doubt that I will be speaking with you right now. So I, I own that to people who has that sort of mental flexibility and some sort of thinking outside of the box in order to open opportunities. And the same happens at work and creating those paths of leaderships and starting to pay attention to see what's happening, to pick up on cues and who are the racing stars, who are the people who, I love the word that my CEO always use, dimensionality, people who always do something different, who kind of make them race uh, faster. That's that's to me what you just like really help more to get to these levels. And it's just doing in a way that is not so traditional. And we need to find allies in the journey to have some the same of mindsets to create those opportunities more like normalizing across the organization. I like that. So dimensionalities. Yes. Right? Cool. Um, so are there any formal programs that you've created at Giant Machines? I mean, clearly it's a passion of yours. It's just your way of being to help others to help others operate, to give others an opportunity. But are there programs that you've created at Giant Machines to kind of formalize this? So we created a really amazing program last year that is called Nero, that is like a new employee training and onboarding. Um, I do believe that when someone is very well on board, it really set the tone for the success of the organization. And this idea is like how we can do all the skills training because I some things that you cannot train. I always hire because for me, you need to be hung, hungry, humble, and smart. Those are the three things that are my Bible for hiring. And then if you have those three, then the rest can be given to you and can be taught. So with the Nero program, we do that. We create like a, this sort of like giving you the tools and the and the capabilities in order to just raise. And once you just get to that place, what are the, the openings and the growth and the leadership opportunities that comes with it? We do have a very specific growth framework. People know where they are in each level. They know what they need to do to get to the next level. We have growth conversation with managers that happen every quarter. We have, you know, ask me anything with the CEO. We have tons of opportunities with all hands. So we have these conversations and we're always seeking to create a path in those programs that accelerate this advancement for tons of people in the organization that sometimes it can depend just for a one performance review or one manager having a one-on-one conversation. We're trying to standardize, to use data, to start with the Nero program, and then how from the Nero someone else continue the journey with these employees in order to just accelerate the process for growth and also create the leaders that we have right now in the SEC team, people who has been in the company for five years and they start as a engineer one, and now they are directors of engineering. And it was just that process who took them there. So it sounds like you have um, mentors that are set up then to help the individuals. Would that yeah. be accurate? Mentorship has been one of the core um, values also as well for giant machines. And it happens in a way that is formalized. And it happens in a way that sometimes you have those people who really want to help each other and connect by by being you know close to each other and that's informal mentorship but our managers all our managers i consider that are very strong mentors and there is a lot of training for them and that's when the growth conversations happen and that's when the growth framework that we put together for promotions happen and how we can really push people forward in their career 
I love that. So I just did a session yesterday at our leadership conference where I was talking about how to be a, a rock star coach, right? And, and it was all taking that coach approach and being, um, you know, having a coaching leadership style. And it sounds like that's really what you're training your, your leaders to do, right? To be that mentor and or coach, right? And have it just be part of how you do your job. So that's a hundred percent. And that's what one of the, the main feedback that we get for new employees or even for people who has been in the company for a while. When you ask them why us, what is about us? And it's like, a, I feel like I received that mentorship from the beginning. And the new employees is crucial for the success in the organization and get that, you know, available for them in regular basis. But not only when they start along the entire growth in the organization, that is something that we want to be consistent. We don't want to be like, when you start, you get all the help and then Good luck, you're on your own. So who can be your champion in the organization? I have an executive coach. I have a mentor. It's my sounding board. And I think every person in the organization should have that same venue. Absolutely. Well, you will not get any arguments from me on that one. <laughs> so let me ask all, what's next for you? What's the next big initiative that you're, you've gotten, if you can share, right, that you might yes. have planned thinking yes. about? Um. You know, I, I am enjoying this moment. It's very special for me because um, I've been on this road for a year and I see the potential and I see changes coming for the organization. We're creating bigger partnerships. We're growing. I think we're going to be much, much bigger soon, which is exciting because I love growing the teams. I love to hire my people. But one of the main goals for me, um, I'm about to be part of a board. I love advising. I love the idea to just if I can add value and if can continue to add value outside of my organization, that's that's something that has always been a goal in my life. And then I'm getting more involved in LATAM. I want to get some connection with my rule, Latin America business. So the idea that I can be working in organization as a board member, but it's an organization that is growing in Argentina, is growing in South America. Um, I think I'm mixing the best of the both worlds. I can get to speak Spanish sometime. I feel closer to home. That is part of my roots that pull me there, but also doing what I love the most, which is being a people manager, uh, working with people, supporting people and making people feel fine and happy and whole when they come to work. Well, I think the uh, the board that you're going to be serving on and the organization that it's affiliated with is going to be really lucky to have you on their board. So I appreciate um, it. thank you. So this has been great. I really appreciate you taking time to just share your journey with us and talk to us a little bit about um, the, the awesome things you're doing at Giant Machines. I'm going to ask you one final question. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. something I'd like to ask everybody. And that is, uh, what's one thing that maybe you've changed your mind about over the years? Oh, I changed my mind. Um, I think I changed my mind on the way that I I saw my career. So I have a very specific plan. And then that plan was changing on the go. So I changed my mind about corporate America. <laughs> I loved it. But I, I thought like, okay, it was great to give me all that I needed. But I needed something that it was smaller. Um, and I changed my mind about who you need to be at work. I changed my mind. Who are the expectations? What is expectations when you come to work? How you need to show up at work? I was really, really fitting in an image and how I need to look, what I need to dress, how I need to sound, what are the decisions that I need to make? Um, and then I realized that it wasn't that. It wasn't that. And the moment that I started feeling more comfortable, the moment that I was able to allow myself to connect in the way that I am, and I wasn't worried about like, am I too much? People will understand when I talk. Can I be honest in a place of like authenticity? 
that when my career really blossoms. So I changed my mind about what is expected and what is actually matter when you are in the moment working. So just out of curiosity, if you're willing to share, and if you even can, do you remember what that moment was? Like, because you refer to the, the moment you realized, I mean, was it something that you can verbalize and share? Yes, it was for my interview at Giant Machines. I um, I went to that interview and it was in a room with the same owners that I'm here. And I was, I was like, I need this, I need this job. I want this job. I really wanted it. There was something about me that really made me want that job. And you need to show up and you need to be this and you need to say that. It's a tech company. There were very there were not many women. And I just feel like I needed to fit and I needed to tell them what they needed to hear from me. And then when I start talking, I start feeling uncomfortable. And then I remember that I get to a point of confidence, something inside of me says, like, just be you and say what you need to do. And I told them, it's like, I, you know, I have two kids. I'm juggling so many things. I live in a city that is difficult and I want this job because I want to do something that is different. And I think this job for some reason feels like home and I'm loud and I'm Latina. And sometimes I'm worried about that, um, but I know that I can do a really good job. And if you give me some trust, I promise you that I will show up like no one else show up for this organization. And that was exactly the conversation. And when I, I say that, I really felt like a weight came down of, of my of my my body. Um, and that was got me the job. Actually, when they they called me later to give me the job, it's like, the way that you present yourself, the way that you are so comfortable and you allow yourself to be like, this is me without all the hesitations and being checking what I say, what do I say, how I sound, what I dress, how do I dress, Should I, do I show if I have a tattoo? No, you got to cover. So all the things that I get rid of those mind limitations, they saw me for who I was um, and they wanted that. So it was, we were meant to kind of met at that time. But since then, since the first interview, I remember leaving the building. I was like, I can do this differently. And the per- the company who gets me will appreciate that part of me. And since then, it has been not only at work, everywhere outside of work has been such a powerful journey. Yeah. So you were authentic and you was- were rewarded for being authentic. And uh, that's amazing. Yes, that's an... I, I am very, very grateful. I live with a lot of gratitude and a lot of love. I always say there are two things that I show up. I have a, a lot of passion, a lot of care. And even in decisions that are hard, that we have to make a lot in HR, I always lead with care um, because that's the most important human value that someone can have, on my on my opinion. Well, I think that is a beautiful note to uh, end this recording with and this conversation with. Um, What a beautiful sentiment for all of us. So thank you so much for being with us today. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I love the conversation. Margaret, you've been wonderful. Thank you for having me. This has been an honor. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. Before we go, we want to thank the sponsor of our show, the Mid-Atlantic Employers Association, more commonly referred to as MEA. MEA provides human resources services to hundreds of businesses across numerous industries every day, bridging gaps that restrain innovation and growth. If you need support around people issues, reach out to meainfo.org. Better people, better outcomes. Thank you for listening. We hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. Before we go, we want to thank the sponsor of our show, the Mid-Atlantic Employers Association, more commonly referred to as MEA. 
MEA provides human resources services to hundreds of businesses across numerous industries every day, bridging gaps that restrain innovation and growth. If you need support around people issues, reach out to meainfo.org. Better people, better outcomes.